Welcome to the Flourish Conference podcast. Each spring, women from all over the country gather together at our annual conference to learn, grow, and flourish together as a community. Here is the recording from one of our sessions at our 2023 conference. When I started to plan to come here uh, in January, the enemy came at me right away. We are, if you're not aware, you're, uh, we're going to talk about today is healing after sexual hurt or trauma. The devil doesn't play fair. And I didn't know how unfair he could actually be until I started to prepare. But when I looked at it, I actually found out that he had, God has started me on this journey to prepare for today a few years ago. He gave me years, year-long studies, which was really unique to me. I never had that. He'd give me one word for a year. He'd start in January. He's like, Donna, you're going to focus on trust. You're going to focus on forgiveness the next year. You're going to focus on love, and you're going to focus on hope. And as I went through those years, I can tell you that even when we, my husband and I traveled, every preacher I heard dealt with that topic. Devotions that I picked up had something with that content in it. And it was really uncanny. I'm like, God, this is really cool. Now, let me tell you what he told me for this year. He gave me the word courage. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is, uh, where are you going with this one? And I, so I started. I was like, God, what is it that you want me to do with courage? Within the first, you, when you ask God questions, you really have to, and you're looking at, you're going after healing, you really have to phrase your things right. He gave me three prophetic words from three people that I really didn't even know. And they, they all revolved around, well, this is going to be a year for you to find your voice. And it's time. God told me it's time. And I was going to need the courage to be up here. So it all fell together, and I am here. (laughs) Our life experiences can make or break us, and that's what you have to do. You have to make the choice. We have choices to make. The trauma of whatever hurt us or the trauma that we've gone through is not the end of our story. When we decided to accept Jesus Christ into our lives as Lord and Savior, your healing actually began from what has happened. I love the book of Genesis. And at the end of the story, one of my favorite stories are, is about Joseph. Joseph was the younger brother. His older brothers, they wanted to kill him. But they decided to sell him into slavery after they threw him in a cistern. And just when he was uh, starting to, things were starting to look up, they sold him into, you know, he was sold into slavery. Things were looking good. He was having a good life. Potiphar's wife goes and accuses him of attacking her. He gets thrown back in jail. And through a series of events, 
he was uh, later rose to be second in command of all of Egypt. Now, this is the part of the story that I really want you to look at, and that is he had a phrase for his brothers because in that position of second in command, he had a point to confront his brothers. And this is what he said in Genesis 50:20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good. He brought me to this position so I could save lives of many people. I look at that for something to look forward to do. Today I'm married of 42 years. I have six amazing children. They're all married. I have nine grandchildren, well, seven, two will be born within the next three days, uh, twins. (laughs) And I've been serving with my husband, Gary, in pastoral ministry for 33 years as of next week. I am blessed and I have a good life. But in the summer of 1977, in July... I had something that changed my life forever, and I'll never forget it. I was date raped by my boyfriend, who I trusted, and he left me speechless. I was hurt, embarrassed, and that turned into anger, but it was a silent anger. And I denied that anything ever happened. I just wanted it all to go away because I wasn't a very vocal gal. I ignored his phone calls because he still wanted to see me. And I went on with life. I went into my senior year of high school on the tennis team. And I didn't function all that well. I started having abdominal pains and physical pain. And we couldn't understand what was wrong with me. People started asking, my my mother started asking me, can you be pregnant? I said, absolutely, no way, nuh-uh. I was still in that denial. She took me to a doctor. They're like, are you sure you cannot be pregnant? Absolutely, no way. I lied to the doctors. Absolutely, no way. They sent me to a specialist. They sent me for surgery to find out what in the world was going on with my body because all signs say something's going on. When I woke up from the anesthesia, my mom was leaning over my bed, and she finally found out I was pregnant. But they told me not to worry. Her, the doctor, and my dad are going to take care of it. And I was scheduled for abortion two days later. So on top of getting date raped, I went for an abortion. In that course, I did not receive any counseling. (laughs) The counselor did not want to talk about the date rape. Didn't, you know, and I was silenced by the counselor My parents brought me home from the abortion and told me never to speak of it again. I had nowhere to turn to. And I went back to school for my senior year. So here I am, a victim of date bright, in denial, not able to tell anyone that I was ever pregnant. 
and I was completely isolated. Genesis 50 at that time was not a possibility in my mind. Jesus had not become the leader of my life yet. But now I can stand before you and said, you intended it to harm me, but God intended it for good. He is bringing glory out of it. Let me pray, let me pray as before we go on into the process that I went through. Lord, we just thank you for your sovereign grace and your love for us to be healed for our sexual hurts and traumas. And we have, and all we've gone through. Lord, help us to be women that can believe Genesis 50, 20 for ourselves. Holy Spirit, I ask even now, come as only you can to help us believe we can be restored and healed and that we can turn to be healers of others. Lord Jesus, let me... Use, Lord Jesus, use my words in our time together for uh, to speak your truth, your life, and your freedom to these women. Because in John eight thirty two, your truth sets us free. Amen. Amen. Man, this is, sorry, so sorry. I want to start in Isaiah sixty one one to three. Because this is a process. It's not something that you can just do. I like the end of uh, Isaiah, chapters 40 to 66, because it's all about comfort and hope. If you're looking for comfort and hope, you need to read the last chapters of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because of the Lord anointed me to Bring good news to the humble. He set me free to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim the release of the captives and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the freedom, favorable year of the Lord to those who mourn, to comfort all who mourn, and giving them garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, a cloak of praise instead of being disheartened, so that they can be called oaks of righteousness. And that's what I want to focus on, the oaks of righteousness. This is a visual of who God says we are. And there's nothing greater, and it can give us great hope and comfort. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. He brought good news to us. When we accepted him as Lord and Savior, he said he is bringing good news. He will bind up our brokenheartedness and heal us from our feelings and even our emotions. We can have freedom from old memories that can still hold us prisoners. And we can declare that 2023 is going to be a good year. And that April 28th is when it started. What we... That we who are broken and held captive to the past are going to be known as oaks of righteousness. And one of the things about an oak, I checked with an arborist, they live long. A hundred years is short for an oak tree. They're not just durable, they're strong. That's what the boats were made of sailing across the oceans were oaks. Oak trees are also known as a keystone species. 
meaning that an entire ecosystem depends on their survival and their habitat from their acorns and the shade of the tree. So what that tells me is I have a long life to speak his word. I can be strong in doing it, and I can be a source of life to those who come in contact with me, no matter what happened to me in my past. In the beginning, I said it would make or break you. Well, when it comes to our subject, that is completely true. Because time's not going to heal it, and time will not restore it. It's kind of like a scar. When I was small, I, ha- uh, I fell on something and cut my nose. I actually have a scar on the tip of my nose. The scar healed, or the wound healed, but I still have the scar. Time can dull brokenheartedness of the past and what has happened, but that's not really being restored. How are we going to start this? You need, we need to process our past. It sounds obvious, but it's not easy. There's been deep hurt, deep trauma. Some of us may even have been counseled that you just need to deal with it, which I'm sorry for you if anybody's ever told you that. It could have been by somebody innocently or an unaware counselor, but no longer, no matter how long we know Jesus, it never gets any easier. We've got to be able to step, take those baby steps into the process. I need to be honest about the event if I'm going to be fully healed. And I need to face the emotions that I've went through in order to be healed. I needed to be secure in God's forgiveness that he actually wanted to comfort, heal, and restore me. That's huge. You have to settle that in your soul. He is the only one that can bring that about. And that's where Isaiah 61 comes in. He longs to restore us. In Psalms 34, 18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and rescues those who are spirits are crushed. I loved it when Mary used that scripture this morning in her teacher teaching. We need to have a desire to fully come into a healing of our trauma. But that comes with security in God first and a trust. It can be hard to believe that you can fully be forgiven from God, from what has transpired in your life, because we can take on that guilt ourselves. You have to know that God forgives you and that you can forgive yourself. Condemnation only comes from one place, and it's a monster. Satan will focus on it like nobody's business. He is usually the biggest obstacle, but the most overlooked because we still look to outside surroundings. But we have to keep in mind, he has come to steal, kill, and destroy 
John 10.10. He does not play fair. He is a liar, and he is the father of lies. John 8.44. He will flood our mind. God will flood our minds with scripture so that we can overcome. So that we can war against Satan with anything that he wants to throw at us. So that we can continue to confess pain, shame, and regret. I was looking and hoping that time would heal all those things, but I was told never to talk to anyone. I never spoke evil of the guy. I didn't just, I did, just don't speak of him. The point was, though, I'm, I never got healed, though. And things would continue to stir. I was still tormented by it. I needed somebody to talk to. Not just forgiveness, but healing. And God knew that. God knows that we need that healing. When I opened up finally and spoke about what happened to me, healing began to flood into my life. The guilt, the shame, and the pain began to be washed away. But that didn't come without me opening up to somebody that I trusted. I had a trust that God had somebody in mind specifically that I could talk to to begin this process. You need somebody there, a sister, a leader in your life, to hear you out, to stand with you, and confirm, confirm you because it's easier when you're not standing alone. To process our past, this is a biggie, the, the third thing that you need. You need to forgive your offender. This was one of the words, if you remember in the beginning, God gave me was forgiveness. Forgiving can be crippling if you do not forgive. I despised a guy that did this to me. I trusted him. We dated for a while. The concept of forgiving him, though, never even crossed my mind that I had to forgive him. I have not seen him he, 40 years. <laughs> it didn't seem logical. I wasn't even saved at the time, God. Why do I need to forgive him? Why do I need to forgive my offender? Because he told me, Matthew six fourteen to 15. It's the verses right after the Lord's Prayer, where it says, after it, after it says, and forgive our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. After that, it says, but if you refuse to forgive others, your, your father cannot forgive you. I'm like, God, that stinks. <laughs> this, is, this is how I have to go on. So I said, okay, unforgiveness gives the devil a right to continue to come in and harass you. The right to weigh you down with shame and guilt. This step can seem like it takes forever in your life, but I promise you it's worth it.
And it's usually the hardest obstacle for women to overcome. It takes forever because sometimes we're stubborn. We're just stubborn. (laughs) You know, but there's no going to... There's no getting around this this part of the process. Forgiving him was not easy. Believing believing that I could be forgiven was not easy. But the finishing of unforgiveness happened for me not until October 9th, 2019. I had gone through a lot of prayer ministry over the years, and it actually, at the beginning of my processing actually started with Pastor Keith and Penny back in the 80s. But it did not finish until just a few years ago when I was taking care of my mom, who had had a severe stroke, a massive stroke, and she was left paralyzed. I'm a retired operating room nurse, And I thought, well, isn't this a shift? (laughs) Uh, You know, I was now taking care of her. But on that day, I remember taking her and putting her to bed that night. And she wanted to talk. She always wanted to talk. Um, My mom never actually talked to me until she had this stroke. And I could never get her to bed because she wanted to talk. (laughs) Um, But I got her in bed that evening, just out of the blue, out of my mother's mouth, came, I'm sorry. And I love you. Five words my mom never spoke to me. That was because I was silenced by them. That was the other part of the healing. Her saying that broke free a lot of things in my life. I never asked for it. I never looked for it. God can use the smallest things in your life, and you have to be aware your healing and your complete healing can come from anywhere at any time. You need to be so engaged with God and being near to him that you can hear. That is when your healing goes to your next step and grows your faith. Because your healing is not your end. By having us stay engaged, we're going to do that through prayer. As Mary was talking, I I loved it. I they were Mary talked about it. My devotional. I was telling you these things pop up in my life. I pulled up a devotional. This is what it said about prayer. It's war on the floor, and it helps recognize your enemy, to prepare you for the battle. I'm like, how appropriate? Because it's going to be a battle for you to get to this healing. 
and you've got to be prepared. You've got to grow, draw near. But you just don't need prayer. You need to be in his word. And we, as women, we always say we do not have enough time. I'm busy. There's kids. There. I had six children. I actually have, it was kind of comical. I was laughing with uh, Natalie. I have children that came back home to live with me because they're <laughs> for different. And we have, I have two adults, two children. Oh, no. I ha- and my other two sons came back, or my other son and daughter-in-law came with their daughter, a dog. And my house is not that big. I, they grew up in it, but it's not that big. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Where do you find the time? I was like, Lord, this is crazy. Well, he took me back to devotionals. Devotionals are not evil. They're not cheat sheets. But it can get kick-started to get into the Word. <laughs> Use the tools God's put in front of you to help you reach your destiny and what God's calling you to do, and that's to move forward. You also need people because you're not going to be able to do this alone. But I tried. I tried for many, many years to do it on my own. You can't do it. You need people around you. You need sisters around you. And I encourage you to find those people in your church that maybe there's prayer ministry, deliverance ministry. Find them. Hook up with them. And let them stand beside you. Prayer warriors are great. (laughs) You can live Genesis 50-20. As disciples of Jesus, we know God has more for each one of us because he has a purpose for each one of you in this room. It's there. You have a whole sphere that are people that are around you that I'll never meet. And you have a purpose in helping them reach their destiny. God's plan is to use my life And this terrible life experience that I had to speak hope to others. To be a part of helping those around me find freedom and healing. I needed to start sharing my story. What is God going to call you to? In Romans 8.28, Is another scripture that I've grown to love. I say grown to love. We are convinced that every detail of our lives in continuity are woven together for good. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. We're always running around looking for our purpose and we don't look at what he set before us. What's right in front of us that he wants us to be able to help others. But we don't want to deal with that part of our lives. And so we push it away. I used to dislike that scripture. But when I began to see, when I shared with people one-on-one, that my pain could be something useful for other women, I was able to say yes 
to be here today. Some of the things that we need to do is, I want you to remember, believe Jesus has fulfilled Isaiah 61 for you. Healing is available. You can have comfort. You can have hope because he is with you. To commit to a process of your past, be secure in God's comfort, healing, and his ability to restore you. Put yourself in line to be able to confess your pain, your shame, and your regret. Because you can't do that without having strong people around you. Forgiveness is hard. And it could be the hardest thing. Give yourself time. But we need to forgive the offender in order to move forward. And don't stop at just the healing. You have a purpose and you have a reason. And God has so much more. He wants you to make your trauma a testimony. Amen. You can continue to learn, grow, and flourish with us as a community of women by visiting nrpflourish.com. There you will find information on our Facebook group, our weekly Flourish podcast with Penny Tusi, and our 2024 Flourish dates. For more information about NRP and other conferences that we have going on throughout the year, visit nrpastors.com. We can't wait to see you at one of our conferences soon.